0: Hey, beautiful people I love. I hope you guys are having a really, really good day. My day is busy. Um, I have quite a few things to get done before I head out to Chicago and prepare for my daughter's wedding. It's been a long time coming, but we are here. So I'm excited about that. Uh, let's see here. Um, anything I need to update y'all on? Oh, I've been feeling like this immense sense of like being out of sorts a little bit. And I couldn't quite put my finger on it. Right. And some one of my friends sent me something and it said, Growth can feel like loss. Remember that. And I was like, Oh, that just makes so much sense to me. Because, you know, I always say, when you grow, you outgrow. And while we live in this cancel culture, we live in this let go of things and people that no longer serve you, we live in this everything and everybody is toxic but us kind of culture, Um, that's not where I'm coming from. I'm talking about real, genuine growth that lends itself to outgrowth. That is really the fallout when you have made personal growth a lifelong commitment is that you all so feel an immense sense of loss a lot of times when you outgrow. And what made me start thinking about this was I had a chance to guest on um, one of my friend's new podcast, and we were talking about how, we were talking about the same thing, about outgrowing things, people's situations, and how you can leave without abandoning. And she said, the two kind of sound the same to me. And so can you explain that? And I said, abandonment is almost like you just cut off and you go. It could feel the same to people, just to be clear, right? But leaving without abandoning is a conscious choice and decision just based on where you've gotten in your path and in your growth journey. And that simply means that the way that you had been showing up in a particular relationship is no longer conducive to you and to your own growth. And while you are responsible to other people, to other parties that you are in relationship with, you are not responsible for other people. And that becomes the hard part. I'm not talking about like your children or anything like that, but you are not responsible for other people. When you grow... When you outgrow, if you choose to change the dynamics of a relationship in the way you are showing up in a relationship, whether that means you are exiting the relationship altogether or the role you're playing in the relationship changes, there is going to be fallout, especially if you are the person that has initiated it, right? But the flip side of that is remaining in a space or in a place and you've outgrown it. And so now you're out of integrity with yourself because you don't want to be the person who disrupts the relationship. You don't want to be the person who makes other people uncomfortable. And so you are existing in the relationship in a way that is not authentic because you're not making the choices and the decisions that are necessary, right? Relationships are tough. Relationships are hard. And I was thinking about, I can remember when I was a kid and I used to be sometimes with my mother's side of the family, sometimes with my father's side of the family. And I used to be like, Ma, your side of the family is just, just so dysfunctional and just cussing everybody out and this and that. But what you saw was what you got. It It is what it is. It was what it was, right? And then I would go to my dad's side of the family and everybody seemed to be peaceful and getting along and that kind of a thing. And it was it was just really civil. But as I got older, what I realized is that my dad's side of the family, those relationships weren't really authentic because underneath that, There were a lot of underlying things and a lot of underlying issues that weren't addressed. They were just swept under the rug and people were showing up in the relationships in a way that was not true and it was not authentic. And eventually it erupted, right? So my whole point is growth can feel like loss, but the most important thing that you can give to anybody that you are in relationship is your growth even if it means that the dynamic of the relationship changes. You have to hold to the belief that people can handle upset, people can handle disappointment, people can handle whatever is a part of their own growth journey, even if it no longer includes you in the same way. And that is one of the toughest things to do and... Um, to have to do when you really just want to show up as a person of integrity, okay? So it's just something to consider how you are showing up in your relationships, right? Because the other thing that I discovered, you know, I'm always reflecting and self-reflecting. I discovered this just a couple of days ago, right? I discovered that I was working really hard to prove or to disprove something to someone about me. And for the vast majority of things and people, I don't do that. But I realized that I was doing that. And when I prayed about it, I felt such a release from doing that. Because in essence, when you are working to prove, to disprove, to get approval or to do anything, you are people-pleasing. And underlying that is a need to control what people think of you and how people think of you. I'm not saying that what people think of you is not important. That is not what I am saying. But what I'm saying is, aside from growth, the biggest gift that you can give to yourself and give to relationships is relinquishing the need to control other people. When you relinquish the need to control other people— You free yourself and you free them and you free everybody to show up authentically. And when people can show up authentically, then you can make decisions by what you see authentically. Right. Um, And so control does not always look overt and obvious. Right. Sometimes control can be very insidious. It can be very subtle control and manipulation. But those are the tools that we resort to when we don't know how to ask for what it is that we need or when we um, don't get our needs met, we resort to control and manipulation. And so I felt such a release and such a sense of freedom to just be like, listen, I didn't realize I was doing it, number one. I don't have to do it, number two. Number three, I am Enough. I am more than enough. And that's just going to be what it is. So I just invite you to consider what ways you may be controlling or attempting to control or attempting to manipulate. How people see you, think about you, what they think or believe. Because I said this in another podcast that I'm really not working that hard to change people's opinion of me. And for the most part, I don't. But I did discover in, in in that one area where I was still doing that. So how I always tell y'all, healing is a lifelong journey. You know, I would be dishonest if I didn't tell you that, you know, some of these things I still struggle with, right? So that being said, the other thing that I discovered, one of my clients really helped me, <laughs> one of my clients really helped me dig into this a little bit deeper, So anytime we are together, she is very close to me. And consciously, it doesn't bother me that she's close to me. But when we were together a couple of weeks ago, she was like, Letitia, she she basically said, like, I pushed her away from me. I did not have a conscious awareness (laughs) that I pushed her away from me because I don't mind her being next to me. She's like, you can push me, but I'm not going anywhere. But do you know that I have had people to tell me before, like, if they, like, come close to me, then I, like, move away. And so what that lets me know is that I have, (laughs) I'm laughing because it sounds so silly, but I have some challenges with people in my personal space, right? So I dug into that a little bit, and y'all, do y'all know what enmeshment is, what, The word enmeshment means or what enmeshment comes from. I don't know that I've ever talked about that on the podcast before, but basically if you have what's called enmeshment challenges or enmeshment trauma, as you were growing up in your household, there was no clear, there were no clear sense of boundaries. Boundaries, as my mentor used to say, there were no clear sense of boundaries. And so You didn't feel or didn't have the space to individuate and grow into a separate sense of self. So enmeshment, it just feels like you're fused in and and mixed in with everybody else, right? So how does that happen in a family? In my family, of course, there were no boundaries, but growing up, and this is not to, to say anything negatively against my mom, it's just how it is. My mom had me at 16, my dad was 17, right? And my mom basically had a plan mapped out for my life. This is what you're going to do. This is what you need to do. This is how you need to do it. You're going to go to college. You're going to get a job. You're going to do this. And so that, that plan that was mapped out for me, I don't really feel like I had the ability to develop who it, who it is that I would have been genuinely and authentically, right? Over time, I did. But having a mother who felt like very imposing, having a father who felt very imposing with his opinion, what it produced in me was a sense of defiance and a sense of rebellion, right? It produced in me issues with authority where I don't want people telling me what to do or telling me anything, but I really wasn't mature enough to, to handle certain things. So then it produced in me a sense of codependence because I still needed my mother, right? And then it produced a sense of hyper-independence, where once I figure things out, I'm going to do everything on my own. And I rarely, rarely ask for help. But a lot of that stems from a sense of enmeshment. So how it shows up today is when people, when I start to feel emotionally crowded with people and with people's issues, I'm not talking about my clients. They pay me to listen. That's, That's a different bucket, right? But if I start to feel emotionally crowded or overwhelmed with people and their problems and their stuff, or if relationships start to feel really draining for me, or people feel really emotionally needy as if they want something from me that I don't feel that I have the capacity to give them, it triggers that sense of um, enmeshment. And I instantly, like a knee-jerk reaction need to put distance in myself to regain a sense of emotional equilibrium. I don't know if that makes sense to y'all. So when people try to make plans for me and plan something out, it feels like I don't have a choice and it feels like I'm being controlled. Now people can have, can be well-intentioned, right? And this has very little to do with with people, right? So when people have very strong and dominant personalities and take charge personalities and just try to do things like that, I'm usually the person that's like, "Uh uh-uh, I ain't going. Because I need time to consider. I need time to respond. And I need time to just know if this is a no or a yes for me and you can't control or manipulate me into that yes. Let me know if this makes sense. So having now... Discovered years of discovery of, okay, what feels right for me, what feels true for me. I can say yes or I can say no, and I mean it. When I say yes, I'm wholeheartedly there, I'm all into it. When I say no, I really mean no. Here's what happens with that. Now that I've discovered this, when I say no, a lot of times there's fallout and there's disappointment, and I let a lot of people down. But remember, we're not responsible for people. We're only responsible to people. But it's been a long journey of discovery to understand, number one, that people don't mean harm. They are showing up in the way that life has shaped them. But number two, that does not mean that I have to allow what feels like boundaries to be encroached, and I still have to make the decisions that are best for me, right? So... If you have children or if you are around children, one of the things that's really, really important to pay attention to is what your children genuinely want or don't want, what they like or don't like. Children have very firm boundaries. Children say no when they mean no. So think about like the holidays are coming around and you have, you know, strange relatives. Children are are very discerning. And it's like, okay, go give Uncle Bobby a hug. No. Go give so-and-so a kiss. No. like We sometimes violate children's boundaries and we make them do things or love relatives or do certain things or eat all their food or do all of these things. And so now the child loses the ability to develop a separate sense of self from us. And we call it the kid is bad or the kid is defiant or the kid is this. I didn't even understand this when I was raising my own daughter. I would say go left and she would go right. She always had a very clear sense of what she wanted and what she didn't want. And the thing that was so tiresome is because it was it seemed like it was always the opposite of what I said. But if we start to honor children saying yes or children saying no, then we don't produce adults that, are constantly seeking approval because they need the validation that they are okay or they need the validation that they don't have an established sense of self. And so now you're 50 and you still need other people to give that to you from outside of yourself. Okay, does that make sense? So then the enmeshment also produced, you know, there's attachment styles. It produced dismissive, avoidant, attachment style for me. So I'm probably the one that when I'm in, I'm in, but when I'm not, I'm distant. And distant is very protective for me, even though it can feel punitive to other people, right? So remember, I'm always saying you got to do the work. You want to go on this journey of discovery. And the goal, here's the thing, the thing is not to constantly revisit your childhood trauma. The thing is getting reacclimated with yourself and learning who it is that you really are so you can show up as that person. The reason why we feel unfulfilled in life a lot of times is because we have this void and we have this disconnect and we're showing up as everybody but us. We're showing up as this version of ourselves and everybody loves it and everybody feeds off of it. And inwardly, it's like, this does not even feel true to me. I was talking to somebody else and I said, well, what does feel true to you? I don't know. I'm not really sure because they never had the space and the opportunity to discover that. So now at 45, 50 years old, they're on this journey of discovery, feeling like they're late to the party because they feel like they're living in a way that is very inauthentic, okay? So I was listening to this um. It wasn't a podcast. It was probably like a uh, what do you call this? like a um, I can't think of the word a bunch of little mini speeches from Oprah and in it, she was talking about failure and how failure is God's way of saying, mm, you're not aligned. Mm, you're off track. Excuse me, you're off track. And I think. The reason why so many of us fail or so many of us are not aligned is because we are not aligned with who we are inwardly in a way that is truthful. A lot of y'all, let's say a lot of us, because I'm one of y'all, right? But a lot of us, a lot of y'all, if people knew how you really felt and what you really thought and you took off the facade and you took off the mask and you shared certain parts of yourself, your whole circle would change. Your whole your whole relationships would change. Your whole friend group would change because people would be like, this is not you. When in actuality, it really is you. The person that they've gotten accustomed to was not you. And so now they have to mourn that person that you were as the you, you know how people... They allow me to reintroduce myself as who you really are emerges. And it's like, allow me to reintroduce myself. No, this really is me. Who you've known for the past 20 years was not me, but now I'm shedding that skin, right? Come on, eagles. You know eagles, they get by themselves, they get in solitude, and you know them feathers, they, 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 they got to shed so they can soar again. And so we're missing some things in the process where... We're not shedding those old identities. We're not shedding those things that like, are not really us. And so we're bringing all of the baggage, all of the weight of other people's expectations, all of the fake approval that we have for showing up this version of ourselves, and inwardly, we're dying. We're dying because we're not living. We're not living in truth. We're dying because we're not living in the most authentic expression of who we are. Money won't change that. Fame won't change it. Power won't change it. Success, which is subjective, won't change it. To me, something that I'm adding to my definition of success is living truthfully and authentically. Living truthfully and authentically in whatever that looks like for me, irrespective of what other people think that that should be. And I said this on the podcast that I guested on. What that means is I, you, if you choose to do this, will betray a lot of people. You will betray a lot of people because you're going to let down a lot of people because they have this idealized version of you of either who you've been or who they think you should be. And so you're going to let people down. But the other side of that is if you don't live in truth and in authenticity, you betray yourself. So you get to choose, right? You get to choose. Do you betray yourself or you do, do you betray not people? But you betray the thoughts, you betray the ideologies, you betray the constructs, you betray the customs, you betray the traditional thinking, you betray the conditioning that has shaped you to this day and say, I'm shedding this shit, okay? Because this is just genuinely not who I am. And so, you know, that had me thinking too, like, there is no, freedom is a life value of mine, right? Freedom. There is no greater freedom than when you can bring all of who you are to spaces and places and to relationship. There is no greater freedom than that. Of course, freedom is costly. Freedom will cost you every single thing that you have. And it's why so many of us live as prisoners. We live as prisoners in relationships. We live as prisoners in our own thoughts. We live as prisoners in careers and in businesses because. We are so afraid to allow who we really, really are to come forth. I don't know if y'all remember this book. Um, I think it's Elizabeth Gilbert, Eat, Pray, Love. She was eating up some shit. But when she was married and she was just miserable in her marriage and she disrupted her marriage to go live wherever she was living in, in Italy and all these other places for a year, And people were like, oh, you made that covenant before God and you were selfish and all of that. And then she ended up married to another man that she met on her journey and her travels. And he was her mate. And then she left him and realized she was in love with her best friend who was dying from cancer. And so I don't know if she married that lady before she died. And so people look at her and they're just like, you are the most selfish form and version of a human being. And she says she gets that and she understands that it comes with the territory. But she says she's a truthful and authentic human being. Now, you can agree with that or you cannot agree with that. But I respect it. I respect that at every juncture, she got to the place where she made the choices for what felt true and real and right for her life at the moment. Here's the challenge. We think that we can control people. We think that people owe us something. And we think that we're entitled to things from people in a way that they may or may not be able to deliver, right? In the beginning of a marriage, when people make forever vows, they probably mean it from the depths of their heart and souls, right? Until death do us part. We did not know that this relationship would die five years later and death did us part. Now, I'm not saying that I advocate divorce. What I am saying is that I am a person who is a realist and not, I don't live in this idealistic version of the way we need things to be so that we can cope with things, right? And so the more true you become, the more enemies you probably form. But the people who really love you, who really respect you, and who who really are your tribe, so to speak, those people will be there. There is a lot of things that are true about a lot of people that I know that I don't particularly like, but I can respect it. I can respect it because they're honest enough to be in their truth, right? So I was telling y'all about instead of New Year's resolutions, considering a word that might be the focal point for your year. You know, I'm I'm toying around with truth, right? I don't know. I got to see what settles into my spirit. But I want to live in a way that is authentic and in a way that is true because that, my friends, is what true freedom feels like to me. The success as it relates to material things and money and all of those things, those are great. Accomplishments are great. Helping my clients, you know, smash through their goals is great. But the bigger, bigger picture for me is freedom. And freedom comes at a very, very costly price. And it's one that I don't really fully know the price of, but it's one that I'm thinking is willing to pay. Okay. That being said, y'all, I just, um, completed this ebook and it's five, what is it? Five mindset shifts that every minority woman entrepreneur needs to know. I'll let you know when it's available. It will be in the next, in the next week or so, but um, I've said before that in addition to business coaching, that I'm moving into a whole lot more of the mindset and inner work, inner healing coaching for entrepreneurs, because it's not enough to just get the bag when you still have the baggage. Right. So um, keep that in mind. I will keep you all posted on that. And I'm rolling out like group coaching with that. But I've been telling you all that I want to help people heal as much as I possibly can help other people heal as I am healing and just put my, my, my mark on the world in that way. So y'all, I love each and every one of y'all. How can you show up in a way that is more truthful today than it was yesterday? Like, what does that look like for you? Just something to consider. Although it may seem like it's really disruptive to your relationships, and it can be, it's absolutely the greatest gift that you can give to the world is the most true and authentic version of you, you know, that you know how to give. I love each and every one of you. Have a beautiful rest of your day.